Welcome back to episode three of Blake and Tom Interview Everybody. Last week we had on Allie Champagne, Blake's girlfriend. She shared some amazing stories about being a mechanic and, and her struggles of moving down to the seacoast. But, I mean, clearly she's found success and happiness, wouldn't you say, Blake? 100%. So this week we have on um, our first family member. Uh, it's actually Blake's cousin. So, Blake, who do we have on this week? We got uh, over the phone calling in from, from down south. We got Austin the Boss, a.k.a. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, my cousin, partner in crime for... Obviously, as long as I've uh, as long as I've been alive, and uh, lives a decent amount down south around Delaware area. Super passionate guy, one of the chillest guys I I know. Um, and we got a couple questions, like everyone. Everyone's got a story to tell, and hopefully, you like the past two episodes. Uh, again, this is a new thing that we're doing, and um, we've gotten some great feedback already on our first post with Nick. And if you haven't listened to that, give it a listen. Nick's got a pretty intense story. Um, don't want to give it away, but check it out. So, yeah, Austin, what's going on? Not too much. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, right. thanks for coming on, man. Of course. It's huge. Um, so I kind of – obviously, we got a bunch of stories from our childhood and stuff like that. But um, I kind of wanted to start it off a little bit. So you're, you're our age. You know, you're in your 20s. And um, you, re, you know, a few years ago uh, finished college and – I kind of want to get into a little bit of your journey in the beginning of college. You originally went to California, right, for, for school? Yeah, I went to school down in uh, San Diego, so it was pretty far from, from home. But Yeah, and so I guess the question I have is, because complete opposite side of the country, what made you decide to go out there? I mean, and how was that experience out there? I mean, after high school, like towards the end of high school, I kind of just wanted to get like away, get to warmer weather all year round. So, and I'm really big into surfing. So that was one of the biggest reasons. Like I wanted to go to some place where you could surf all the time, warm weather, not need a bunch of wetsuits. And it was, it was a decent spot. I went to the University of San Diego. So I kind of figured like if I could go to a good school, get a good education and surf slash like have like great weather all the time i thought it would be pretty good so but, um, oops, sorry keep going i didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> no my bad but yeah it was it was definitely a big experience because like i've always been living in the same place like i've lived in maryland my whole life and then going basically across the whole country was was a big change yeah, for sure. And I know, at least for people like me, leaving home and, and leaving family is never an easy choice or an easy decision. How did your family take the news? Were they supportive or, you know, were they a little more hesitant? What uh, what ideas or what opinions did they have? Um, they were definitely supportive about it. They mainly wanted me to go to school where I wanted to go to. Like, they didn't want to pressure me to go to, like, a really, like, high-stress, like, well-known, really good school. So... I would definitely say they were supportive, but at the same time, they were still like a little hesitant just because it was so far away, I guess. But overall, like it was definitely like good support from them. I felt like I was, I was backed by like my family on my decision, which was, it made it easier where I went because I wasn't like going against where my parents wanted me to go. Right. Yeah, that's that's huge. And I remember when you went out there, um, just like Nick's journey getting on the plane for the first time did it just feel absolutely freeing when you 
we're like, okay, this is the decision I researched, I made. You know, we wanted to to go forward. Did it feel incredible? Yeah, it did. Like, I felt like I was finally getting away because my whole life I wanted to like go to different places and go far away to like a new territory, I guess. And yeah, it felt really freeing because it's like, wow, this is actually happening. So it was pretty, pretty insane of a trip, like right off the bat. Like I, I went out there a couple times to visit, so I was, I knew a little bit about California, but it's still like going out and living in a new place is completely, completely different. Like when you got out there, what what was challenging about moving out there? Because I've been out to San Diego because my brother went out there and I went to visit, right. and it's it's a beautiful place. The beaches are amazing. The people are are incredibly nice. Um, they have these incredible motor scooters that you can rent. I blew like two hundred dollars on those in two days, but. When you moved out there, what was challenging for you? Was it making friends? Was it just getting comfortable in the area? Was it not what you thought? I mean, like I've made friends. Making friends wasn't that hard, but I guess it was more I didn't know anyone when I went out there. Like I had a distant cousin in like near the area, but I never went to see them or anything. So it was kind of just like completely on my own, which I guess that was uh, one of the hard parts. And and like, I definitely had a group of friends that was, that like I hung out with and that part was good. But I guess it was just very, very far away for, cause like your friends can only do so much when you need like to talk to a family member or something, you can't see them in person. So I guess that's like with COVID, it's kind of made things hard cause you kind of have to do everything over the phone, which doesn't, like, it's not really the same. Yeah, that's, so, that's true. So like, I was just, super far away the the area was great though like I, I always say if i i ended up transferring for anyone who doesn't know but if uh if i lived in the area i definitely would have stayed at the school like i like the school and everything right so when you so it was about what was it a couple years until you transferred no, i transferred it was kind of so i remember i went to to visit you guys up that winter so i started yeah I went to visit you and I kind of had that mindset where it's like, I don't know if this is the right spot for me. Cause there was talks that like, I would go transfer to, to, to UNH up by you guys. Yeah. But that was the time where I started to like apply to other schools to transfer to. And I ended up getting into the university of Maryland and with the like cheaper tuition, I felt like it was a lot more, uh, a better decision to go there. Cause it was a good education. I was closer to home and yeah. So, I ended up switching from San Diego, which I know a lot of people wouldn't really understand. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you ever want to leave San Diego? But I feel like in the end, it was definitely the right decision. Yeah, definitely. And I remember at that point, um, I, I, I never know if this is something that a lot of college people go through in the beginning stages of college, especially when you don't know what you want to do. But there is talks of even beginning of my college experience of, well, you know, you're taking a lot of gen eds, some classes that you're not passionate about. And I remember even talking to Austin about it. We both were like, well, what if we just, you know, we got the work ethic. What if we just left college and moved to Florida or something? Uh, and and by that point, we were a, a couple of years in and we said, okay, you know what, let's finish it off. And I'm glad we did because we all have degrees on our backs and that helps job searching these days immensely, um, given a hard market. But 
I remember we were, we were going through that, and I think it's a tricky situation for a lot of people in the beginning of their college career. Um, so, I mean, when you were out there, Austin, what, um, I mean, what, what was hard to leave about California? Like, how good was that surf out there? Oh, the surf was really good. Like, there were pretty much always waves, and it's warmer water. Like, you still need a wetsuit, but I don't really mind that. Like, when you're in Delaware in the winter, you need to wear the gloves and the boots and the hoods, so it's kind of a production. But out there, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good, like, all year round. And just being able to have the warm weather and with good waves is just, like, a combination you just can't really beat. Yeah. And as, as long as I've known Austin, which is obviously my whole life, um, he's been so passionate about being in the ocean, surfing and everything like that. And to this day, you live right there on the beach, on the East Coast at least. And what is it about surfing that, because in, in high school you did a lot of, like you did lacrosse, right? You did sports that weren't even yeah. close to surfing. And then did something click at one point where you just knew, okay, this is my sport? Yeah, so in high school I played lacrosse and soccer. and. I always love those sports because it's like team sports, so you're gonna make friends with it. And that's how I met a lot of my friends in high school. But I remember I did a surf camp. Well, okay, backstory. Like, I always grew up at the beach, so every summer my family would come down to the beach. So I basically grew up like in the ocean. I was always in the water and at the beach since I could remember. So that that's where like my love for like the outdoors and the, the beach really started. And then I remember in I always wanted to start surfing because I would get like the little boogie boards, like the little groms and go, <laughs> go out and just like roll around, I guess, in the, in the waves and the barrels. And then in, I think it was the summer after eighth grade, I went down to a surf camp in North Carolina for the week. And that's where I actually learned how to surf. And right away, like the first feeling you get when you step up on the board, I knew that it's something I would always want to do. Did you ever dream of going pro in lacrosse or surfing? And if you did, um, you know, do you still have those dreams? Or when did you come to the realization that that might not be in the cards? Yeah, so for lacrosse, I definitely did. Because my area is very big in lacrosse. And when I was a freshman, I remember I, I was thinking, like, I should try and commit to this and then really work hard at it. And I could at least go to a pretty decent i would definitely be able to play like d3 lacrosse but i would maybe be able to play it for like a one school i'm not really too sure on that so i definitely wanted to do that and then i think it was my junior year the team was like extremely good i think we were ranked like top three in the country so i don't think i made the team so that kind of kind of like killed those dreams i guess <laughs> but I also didn't really know if I would actually want to do that because I feel like playing a college sport would be kind of, kind of a lot for sure. So, and I wasn't that passionate about it. Like I, I liked playing it, but I didn't want it to be my life. And at the time, then I started picking up surfing more, and I liked that a lot more. So I always had that dream that to go pro in that, but it's such a hard sport because you kind of only have like the top guys, and those guys live in places where the waves are always pumping, like. Hawaii and Australia like obviously there's some outliers like Kelly Slater who grew up in Florida but most of those guys are always charging big waves from a from an early age and I guess for that I just more started too young or too late 
So at that point, my skill level was probably the skill level of like a 12 year old who wanted to go pro when I was like 17. So I don't think I just have the skill for going pro in surfing, but it's something that I still love to do, even if it's just for fun. So outside of surfing, what dream did you have maybe for a career or for a job? Because I know for me personally, growing up, I always wanted to be a professional baseball player. Before that, I wanted to be a, uh, I don't even know if you know this, Blake, but I wanted to be a, a NASCAR driver. Yeah, I remember you saying that. And then even now I'm, I'm hoping to be an author. So I always have some lofty aspiration. And I was wondering if you had that too, or if, you know, if you're more, I guess you could say more grounded than I am. Yeah, no, I definitely those dreams like surfing at one point was a dream but then that kind of went away when i realized it's not really too possible for me but i as blake knows i definitely love making videos so i guess my big dream was to become like a a big time photographer or like video maker because we've been making videos since we were i don't even know like 12 yeah yeah <laughs> i mean as soon as we were able to afford a camera i remember we we've literally made videos thousands of videos and at a time, Austin, you had a pretty solid audience on on YouTube for trick shots. You're getting shout outs here and there. And you were even on TV, right? You were you got a part on one of your trick shots on, on <laughs> MTV, right? Yeah, it was it was like right after eighth grade I started really making trick shots and I would get pretty lucky at them, but I would always have my little brother filming. He's like my my film slave. So I was always out there. I would spend hours a day like every day basically after school or something going out and trying to make a crazy trick shot and we would film it and put it on youtube and we actually did get a good good sized audience like i think i got like tens of thousands of views on one shot and then i had one shot uh mtv ridiculousness contacted me and so they wanted to air it like in the segment they had on their show so they took that shot paid me of course and yeah so i was on that show so it just shows that the trick shots were were pretty good, but I never really wanted to... I guess at the time, I didn't really know a future in trick shots could be possible. I guess like Do Perfect and those guys made that reality. But at the time, it sounded so unheard of. So I didn't really pursue that as a career. But I still like making videos, so I more wanted just to do something like that. And I would also film a lot when I was at the beach, and I still try to still try to dish out those vlogs but i gotta get more into it again yeah because your following is you've gotten to the point with your beach videos too that people will come up to you and tourists will come yeah. up to you and say oh we watched your videos before coming to the beach you know to to scope out the area to see what this beach life is like so that's yeah. pretty neat like this, uh, this family from West Virginia. I remember it was like his, the dad and his daughter. So they they came up to me and like we watch your videos all the time. Because there's one summer where I put out <laughs> that's crazy, probably like videos. So I guess like Blake said, they they searched them before they came, and they wanted them to meet me, which was pretty weird in real life. But it was also cool because it shows that you actually like had people that like cared about what like I was putting out. And that was from West Virginia. Yeah, if I remember, if I remember correctly, and then I remember I saw one of them at the pond, and they were like talking about like fishing and just like how to like hold a bass properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they were they were pretty cool though. So it sounds like you've had a, a a couple jobs in varying areas of interest, and it sounds like you have a bunch of hobbies. Is there any that you're pursuing now that 
you're hoping to, to make into a career? Yeah, so when I started out, my first job was at like a pizza place, just a classic summer job. And then I worked at this big rental company in the Delaware area where um, I would like inspect the condos before the renters would come. So I wasn't really, like my parents said I should maybe pursue a job in the tourist industry, I guess, but I wasn't really too drawn to that. I'm more like the business world stuff. So I didn't get into the business school when I went to college, but I still majored in economics because I wanted to do, to do something business related. And then after school, I got this job doing search engine optimization stuff. So it's, it's more like digital marketing. So it relates to the business world. I don't know how long I'll do that, but I do like being in the business industry, I guess, as a career. For a lot of people, I know job hopping like that might not bring them happiness or might not keep them content. But how do you find contentment in kind of going from job to job or exploring your career opportunities? Yeah, it's mainly I just want something that that's not too stressful where you forget like what makes you happy. Like I don't want the type of job where it's, you're always worried and then you forget to do the stuff that you want to do because it's not like we have like too much time to live that I don't want to spend always working. So I, I'm more just trying to find a job that's that'll pay me obviously, but I don't worry about the salary numbers too much because if you keep things simple, you don't need to make like that much money where you can still do stuff that makes you happy and be like relaxed, I guess, when you're working. So I've tried to find jobs where it's not too stressful, I guess. And then you'll, then I find time to still do what I like to do. So I don't find, I don't, I don't think that it's that bad that I've been like switching jobs or I find it fine just because it's still allowing me to do what makes me happy. Yeah. And I think, um, I know Tom and I talk about this a lot and uh, I think it's so important and it's so refreshing to hear your take on it because at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing in a job, it's a job and no matter how attached you feel to it, you can always leave. I mean, there's situations if you own a company, it's harder, but to your point, we're not here that long and if focusing on your outside life is your job is making an impact on it. I think that's great that you're able to to put that forward because a lot of people, le- a ton of people let that go. So I think yeah. that's really important. I, I know you've always had that value and I think it's a good thing to, to share. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like what Nick said the other week. Don't get too, uh, it's like that quote you have on the stove too. Don't get too busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think you're up doing a pretty good embodiment of that. And I, you know, I hope that it continues to bring you happiness. And I hope that other people can kind of find some inspiration in that where they're not always working or it maybe right at the moment they work too much and it takes away from their hobbies. And that's that's going to make anybody miserable. So I'm glad you have that opportunity to follow your hobbies and follow your interests while still working. Yeah, it's all about finding that balance, I guess, because you need money to survive. But you also need to do what makes you happy where you can't be working basically every second of the week. You can't be taking like phone calls when you want to be out surfing, I guess. So the key is finding the balance. I think I found a pretty decent balance for now. I'll probably end up switching some to like a, probably a job still in the marketing field, but 
maybe like a new company in the future. But for now, I'm I'm pretty content. It's good. It's a good place to be. So obviously you have surfing as an incredible outlet. For people that have never surfed before, maybe they live in the middle of the country, maybe they've never actually jumped into the ocean. What is it about surfing that makes such makes such a healthy and great vice for you to escape whatever you're dealing with? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard to explain the feeling, yeah. but to someone who's never done it, but it's more just you're outside in the elements. Like, it's really, besides the board, everything's in nature, so nothing really man-made. So it's, you never know what's going to come. It's always that excited feeling that you could get like a big wave day and then you could uh, get out there and catch a bunch of waves where you're getting barrels and each barrel is different. Each time you get up feels different. And when you think about it, if you like looked in from like outer space, like to think about someone down on like a little wave, it seems so weird to think that people created that. But it's still, if you... Once you try it, usually people who try it end up getting hooked on it because it's just such a free and feeling. Yeah. But it's pretty hard to explain how it is. How it, <laughs> like, I just know a lot of people, if they have the opportunity to try it, should because I guarantee you they'll like it once they get it. It is hard to learn though at first, but if you stick with it, it'll definitely be worth it. You seem very much like a happy-go-lucky guy, and I, I, I know you're like that. So this might be a challenging question for you, but you know, if at all, where do you find stress or where do you find challenges in your life? Because again, it seems like you, you go with the flow, you take the punches and then and roll with it. But if there are any places where you find stress, where do you find it? Yeah, I guess I don't have too much stress in my life at the moment, but I guess it's more I start worrying if I think too much about the future and not really focus on the present or if I have like a something like big that needs to happen and then I feel like I would get stressed if there's a lot of pressure on something like you have to do this or you have to do that that's where I I would find stress I guess meeting like numbers I remember in in not in college because college is pretty relaxed but in high school my high school is pretty intense so I would I would get stressed if I had like big assignments to do because it's like you have to start doing this work and I always ended up doing it, but it would still make me stressed. So now if I have something big, like I don't really have anything too big to do right now because I've pretty much been chilling. But if like, if I had to find like a new job that would bring me stress or have to make more money, I guess that would bring me stress. So the question I wanted to ask as a follow-up to that was, when you do feel those stresses or when you have a deadline coming on, how do you deal with that and how do you face those challenges? Because a lot of people may not know how to, how to, I guess, face a challenge or face something coming in their lives that provides a lot of pressure on them. So personally for you, how do you deal with that pressure and how do you deal with challenges? Yeah, for me, I think it's more just about finding time to still do what you love know you have those deadlines coming so just to take like a break to find and do whatever you like like get outside or for me I would go to the beach or go skateboarding just something where you take your mind off of what you have to do and focus on what you want to do and then you'll realize that the task you have is pretty minuscule in the whole plan so then you then for me at least it releases some of that stress and I get like a clearer mind 
so then I could focus on what I have to do even better and just get it done then. Um, so what I wanted to ask too, so you, so you recommend everyone tries it. Um, I've known yeah. people that want to go out with me and surf or their biggest objection is of course drowning or sharks. Um, I know you've been out in some pretty squirrely situations with hurricanes, things like that. D does any story come to mind of a moment that you're in the water thinking, okay, this is not going good. And like, how did that feel? I mean, that's, that's terrifying. And that's, I think what most people are freaked out about surfing. Yeah. I think to, to go off of what you're saying, I know sharks are, are a big concern for people, but just, uh, if you look at like the amount of shark attacks that happen, it's pretty minuscule. So the real danger, at least that I think when I'm in the water is more of the rip currents and the strong waves. Cause there have been times where, especially if I'm out alone with no one around, it's like, if something happened, I would basically be screwed. Like there's, there's so much consequence that that puts like a lot of pressure on it. So there's been times where I've been, I remember when I was really younger, I was in a riptide once and I was, I started freaking out because I couldn't swim that well and it was really like pulling me. So things got pretty scary. But then if you remain calm, it kind of like takes you back and you can regroup. And then there's other times where I've, especially in the cold water, if you take a wave and then you bail and it's big waves out because it's the winter and then a big set's coming, you have to keep going under and that really like freezes your brain. So that's happened to me a couple of times where it, you start to like get like a little disoriented because you're so overwhelmed by these big waves along with the cold feeling. And I guess that's where I felt most at, in danger. But I guess you just have to still, the big thing is staying calm. Like if you get held under in a wave, I've been held under for like, not even that long, like say 10 seconds, but it feels a lot longer because you're getting like thrashed around. You're trying to get up, but you can't. So it can get pretty scary, but as long as the biggest thing is if you stay calm when you're in the water, most likely the uh, you'll be able to get back and be fine. But you should also know your limits and not go out if it's really pumping because then if you stay calm, you're not going to be able to get in because you weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Right. Have you ever had to save anybody or have you ever been in a situation that was getting squirrely? Because you're an incredible swimmer now. So, yeah. I mean, like, have you been in a situation where you're out there, you see someone, they don't have any business paddling out or swimming out where you've had to say, yeah. like, flag someone down or save someone? Yeah, I remember there was this one kid, it, the conditions were kind of like sus for him to be in. And he, was, I looked over and I saw him struggling and then I looked at the shore and I see his dad running over and like pointing to him. And then I looked at the lifeguards and they were, I don't even think they realized, which is kind of sketchy, but Thanks. I don't really like them because they have so much territory to cover. So I went over the kid and I like put him on my board and took him in and I could tell he was like freaking out. And then his parents were like, thank you. And, but if I didn't get to him, I don't really know what would have happened because usually the lifeguards save people, but I've never really seen a kid like struggle without the lifeguards knowing i guess usually the lifeguards are on top of it but i guess it just takes one person for them to miss so i did bring him in and he was very thankful but it felt it felt weird it was it was a good feeling because i feel like i i didn't i don't think i saved his life but it could have got a lot worse could have and i think you did save his life because 
I can't swim that well, and I know how exhausting it is just trying to keep my head above water. I mean, I'm yeah. six feet tall, and for me to go anywhere over my head, I, I flail and flap like an idiot. So <laughs> I can understand where that kid's coming from, and it is—it's a terrifying situation to um, to almost drown. I've had that experience personally, and it's scarred me for life. It's why I'm afraid of swimming. So the impact yeah. you made on his life might be greater than you think. Yeah, that's a good point. So my final question to you is, it's the question I ask everybody towards the end of the, in, toward the, end of the interview. Excuse me. Um, when do you know you'll be happy? You know, what's going to happen in your life that when it happens, you know you're happy? Or if you already are, how do you know you're happy? Yeah, I would definitely say I'm pretty happy right now, but I don't think I'm fully happy, if that makes sense. Like, I would say I'd be completely content when I have my own place, family, and just have like a set job where you'll probably where I'll probably not hop around and be be happy in that job. Like I don't mind my job now, but I wouldn't say I'm happy in it. I just kind of do it. But um, I guess being happy would be when you find that job, find that place, find a a wife, family, and. Um, yeah, pretty much just keep looking until you find it. Don't lose hope in that. Yeah, and that's so important. I I think what's interesting about this show as Tom and I go through these episodes is a lot of people that we're bringing on are in that 20 to 30-ish range. And for almost everyone, that's the time that they're trying to figure things out the most. So to hear these stories, everyone that's coming onto the show, it's going to have different aspects and different views and stories but the common theme here is rolling with the punches and trying to figure themselves out just like you said those are your goals you know when when you can really feel planted and cemented into the ground um and we've heard some similar answers which is which is great and i think it'd be interesting to once you agree tom to imagine if you interview all these people in 10 years to look back on their answers I think it would be it'll be really fun in the near future. Hopefully, this can keep going, and hopefully, we get more listeners. Um, you know, it, it seems like we, we're off to a good start, but it'd be really fun to check back in with the people we've interviewed. Uh, Austin, for you, example, you know, bringing you back on and seeing where you are in a year or even a couple months. That'd be awesome. I'd definitely be down for it. And I'd really like the podcast. So I only listened to Nick so far. I think that's the only one you put out. But- yeah. So, it's, it sounds really good. It's definitely interesting. So I'll continue to listen to them. Love it. Yeah, well, thank you very much. And uh, Blake, do you have a last question or anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I think I was just going to go off Tom's question. A, a question I like to set, to build off of it is what advice do you have for you know the average person that is getting into school? Maybe Maybe they have a passion for surfing, you know, Maybe they're over their head more so in their job where they're just focusing on their job, job, job. What's your advice? What do you want to put out there to the world that, you know, in your words to have these people keep going? Yeah, definitely say that it's never too late to change what path you're on. Like for me, I, I realized if you're applying to a school, it's not the end all be all. Like if you go to that school and it doesn't work out, there's no shame in switching and going on a different path. Or if you find one job and you're in it, there's no shame in quitting and finding something else. So I would say that if you're not completely happy in your situation, 
you should assess it and make a change. And yeah, so. Well, I think that's great advice. And I think it's something everybody can relate to. Everybody in this, uh, in the pandemic and in quarantine, I'm sure has been thinking a lot of those same questions, thinking about jobs and hobbies and personal time. And uh, I'd personally like to thank you very much for coming on. It's, it's so much fun to have everybody with different perspectives and, you have a very different perspective from Nick and Allie, and it's it's a very valuable opinion to give. So we, I'd personally like to thank you for coming on and, and sharing your experiences, Austin. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, dude. So we'll wrap it up. Um, you know, every Wednesday, it's looking like we're going to be dropping these things and uh, repeat guests, new guests, new stories, keeping it fresh every single time. So keeping everyone on their toes and and Tom, yeah, let's close it out. Thanks. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you very much, Austin. And if you guys want to continue and, and get more content, then follow us on Facebook at Blake and Tom podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the same handle at Blake and Tom podcast. And hopefully by the time this drops, we'll be on Apple, but we are on Spotify. And if you go on our Facebook page, you can follow us on the other platforms as well. So thank you very much, Austin. And next week we'll be back with a new guest and a new episode. Yeah. Thank you. Peace.